Good morning, afternoon, evening, and welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Berry, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk about college basketball, the MLB, the NBA, and of course, our signature segments, Mike Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 173. For this intro, I don't really have a fun fact for you, but I do want to talk a little bit about sportsmanship and, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Classless, which... To me, promptly describes Yankees fans. If we go all the way back to the day, April 23rd, 2022, the Guardians are playing um, the Yankees, and the Guardians center fielder, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Kwan, I think was his name. Yeah, Kwan ran into this metal wall, probably concussed himself, face first, trying trying to get the ball, you know, as you do. And some Yankees fans back here start yelling at him. We don't really know what they said, but it definitely was not anything nice. Some other guy on the Guardians like climbed the fence yelling at these people. You know, whatever it happens. Uh, trainer comes out to attend uh, to Quan on the field because he ran headfirst into a wall, right? That's a that's a big deal. It's an injured player. And they're still, you know, cheering that the, the, the guy's injured, which is quite rude. Yeah, There's other words to describe don't that. Don't do that. Don't cheer yeah, don't for do that. players. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you're playing. You never cheer for an injured player. But then things somehow got worse. Um, at the end of the game, the Yankees did win uh, off of a walk-off. I think it was like a sack fly maybe or something. 5-4. Uh, to four. As soon as the game ends, fans it, behind right field start throwing trash, uh, beer, full water bottles, uh, everything they have, throwing them at the Guardians players, which is completely asinine, right? Throwing all this crap, hitting umps. Umps are getting hit by like full bottles of water right in the square in the back. Like that's gotta hurt. Uh, luckily to their credit, like Aaron Judge and some other guy came out and like settled the fans down. But Yankees fans suck. Not all Yankees fans, right? Yeah, you, you can make that argument. I know some Yankees fans that are not completely garbage humans. But some of these guys do stuff like this and make the Yankees fan base look so dang bad. Like have a little bit of sportsmanship. I I could not fathom. Throwing stuff at a player, first of all, from the stands. But second of all, cheering for an injured player? Like, you've got to be kidding me. And these are coming from two separate areas of the stadium as well, right? The, the first incident happened over in center field, and the second incident over in right field. I just, I can't fathom how you have a fan base that can just do stuff like that. It's not like this is the first instance of the Yankees doing bad things, but come on now. Yeah, it was it was absolutely not a, a pretty sight. But to be honest, I wasn't necessarily surprised by it i mean right yankees fans have done things like this before it's not like this is a first time uh first time occurrence for them but yeah no that behavior has no place in major league baseball or sports at all really like that that just shouldn't happen there's no place for that in sports absolutely i mean not. it's 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 absolutely pathetic and it's a horrible look for your team and i i mean you pay I I honestly hope. I mean, with with the world of video and everything being captured on on camera these days, I hope some of those fans get called out and are not able to go to games anywhere. You just don't throw stuff at the players. Say there are so many great videos that you see of player fan interactions when it's done in like a healthy manner and in one that is good for the game, good for the image of baseball. And then you have this stuff that happens, and it's like, why? Why is this happening? What are you even thinking? What are you doing? Um, and They're drinking a lot of beer. That's clearly. true. That's probably and, but They're not the only there. drunk fan base, though. Sure, right. but uh, is New York known for their friendly and accommodating populace? <laughs> they're kind of known for being jerks. certainly is not. So big surprise there. And like, let, let's be clear that there's nothing wrong with some heckling done in good fun at the opponent at the major league level. Let, let's be clear about that. Like, I, I'm all for some some good natured heckling as long as you keep your language clean. Like right. the ballpark is a family environment. Keep let's it be professional. Clear about that too. Yes. Let's keep their families Nobody's out of family, it. Yeah. Yeah. You can mock them for making a bad play. Like you suck. You shouldn't have dropped that fly ball. Yeah. yeah that, let them know they're that, batting average. Legit. Yes. Why are you hitting 068 Miguel Sano? Be better. 
Yeah, that's legit. But why is yeah. one of your only hits a home run, Miguel Sano? That that's what he does. That's, that's all he does. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Clearly. He's a, he's a two true outcome hitter. <laughs> hey, he, he has one of the best walk rates in baseball, by the way. Oh, my apologies. I'm sorry. <laughs> He is, he, is the three, he is the three true outcome, true three true outcome hitter. He strikes out like 30% of the time. He walks like 30% of the time and he hits like 40 home runs every year. So, but no, yeah, you can, you can heckle players. Um, but yes, you can't cheer for injuries. You can't throw things at them. Let's keep the language civil. Don't like, ever throw you stuff. Can do better. No, don't throw stuff think at of, anybody. Think about how much that water you just throw onto the field cost. That's like a $7 water. Come on. Yeah. Just be unless, frugal. <laughs> unless you're playing kickball or dodgeball, it's probably never a good idea to throw something at anybody, period. Yeah. Like that seems yeah. generally an idea. Yeah. I can get behind that. Are there other sports that you intentionally throw something at your opponent? I guess if missing? the ball was going out of bounds in basketball and you wanted to throw it off that's, your opponent. That's true. You could do I it there that. too. That's it. Or in basketball, if you want to inbound the ball while the person's turned around, doesn't happen as often, but you could. Or I guess just passing the ball to someone in general in sports is throwing the ball at someone. <laughs> I mean, but that's your teammate, so it's like true, okay, right? True. You should or never if you're a Bears some... quarterback throwing it to the other team. <laughs> Josh Rosen. Yeah, he's not even Tons in the league anymore. I know. Why did you pick no him? Of, make... all, of all the bad quarterbacks, <laughs> why did you pick it's, on him? It's still great to make fun of him. No what did he say he when is. he got drafted? There, there are 12 mistakes that got drafted in front of yeah. me, I think is what he said. However many numbers. That's the reason why you still heckle him, even though he's not in the league anymore. Just DM him. Yeah, DM him with the stats of all 12 people drafted ahead of him. <laughs> I don't know who any of them are. I couldn't name it, but I mean, one of them was Josh Allen, I think. So he's better, much better. Yeah, yeah. The NFL draft is on Thursday, guys. I don't know if any of you Wild. realized that. Oh, I informed us of that last week, Mike. If I know, but I forgot until it today again. Quick, so. quick. So oh. we do not have anything on it in this episode. <laughs> so no, in don't, this NFL, but... in this NFL draft, they're going to be actually riding on boats. At, I think it's at MGM, like the MGM Palace. Uh, they have this massive, like, fountain, man-made lake-type deal. Uh, and they're going to be, like, the picks are literally going to be riding on, like, these gondola boat-type things to the the stage. So, so the Bellagio fountain? Is that what you're maybe talking the about? Bellagio, it might be the Bellagio Is that fountain. Big, I've never been to Vegas in, That's in the my adult one. life. Is that big, but is that big it's, enough for boats? Like tiny ones, well, maybe. like tiny, like small little like fairy gondola type things, you know. That's I don't very know if Vegas. they're putting I like that. I don't know if they're putting like these guys in like aluminum skids that you know you go duck hunting in. But some of these dudes are three hundred fifty pound linemen. You got to be careful, <laughs> right? Like, do some of them know how to swim? Like, I don't want anybody to drown during the NFL draft. <laughs> they have to put life vests on over their super <laughs> sweet draft fits that they picked out. Because uh, I'm not they're getting some of that jewelry wet. I tell you that. I'll walk around the fountain. Yeah, I I agree with you there. But there are no major bodies of water in Vegas, according to Google Maps. Like the, Besides like the Las Vegas fountain. Strip area. Yeah. So um, what we did want to talk about this week is to follow up some more on our um, discussion we had last week about the transfer portal, um, both in, in college basketball and college football. This was spurred by an article on ESPN um, today. So it essentially said that um, over 2020 and 2020, oh, excuse me, yeah, over 2020 and 2021, um, only 54% of FBS players who entered the transfer portal actually enrolled at a new school. Um, so that sort of hits on what I mentioned last week. We get players who, who transfer, right, go into the portal um, to go somewhere else and then end up nowhere. They end up stuck out in the cold. Now, it's not that full 46% that don't go to a new school because some people, you know, drop out of the portal and come back. Um, things like that. Um, but yeah, it's that's just a really large number. 40% of 
um, more than 40%, according to the ESPN article, that don't, find, that don't either leave the portal or find a new school. That's a significant number of athletes. Yeah, these numbers are from the NCAA, if I read the article correctly. It's a transparency thing that they released this. And another one that I found interesting, I may post this article just on our social media because there's a lot of really cool numbers in here. But uh, let's see, only 30% of Division I athletes who entered the portal across all sports transferred and received athletic aid at their new school, and 47% remain active. So only 30% of every person who has entered the portal have actually gone to a different school and gotten athletic aid in any way, which is an incredibly small number. I did read the uh, I did read I can't find this article but I read another article a different article this afternoon that said um, a, a good chunk of the people who enter the transfer portal are walk-ons so some of those people didn't leave athletic scholarships when they okay. entered the portal that makes sense. but still that's a that's a, a big number I'm trying to find that article that says that here but I mean um, everybody that we've seen, so far, transfer from our program. I would consider ourselves a reasonably sized program. We're a Power 5 conference. We've been to the tournament more often than not recently. One guy went to, like, Cleveland State. One guy went to West Con- West Carolina University. The other guy went to, like, Eastern Carolina University. It's not like they're leaving to go to a different big-time school. Uh, obviously, we'll see what happens with Tyrese Hunter. It's a little bit of a different situation. But they're not exactly walking into fantastic situations maybe they'll be a star on a team but they're not going to be seeing the crowds that they were at iowa state so it's kind of a pick and choose do you want to be there in that atmosphere and have those opportunities to play against d1 guys and nba guys or do you want to be the guy at a school where you're playing schools that nobody actually knows exist no offense to cleveland state cleveland is not a state neither is eastern carolina true yeah, according to this article from CBS, uh, one th- slightly more than one-third of all, this is for football, FBS players in the portal have been walk-ons. So keep that in mind, too, when, when those numbers are answered. But still, that is a significant number who it doesn't really work out for. Yeah, football had 2,538 students enter the portal, which was the most of any sport, obviously, giant rosters. But men's basketball had the highest percentage with 1,692 athletes, which is 31% of the sport over uh, in 2021. So almost a third of the sport all entered the transfer portal, which is kind of insane to think about. One out of every three players just was like, meh, I'll just go somewhere else. Yeah, it's it's an insane number. The grass isn't always greener on the other side, right? I mean, uh, like I said before when we were looking at this, Tyler Harris started at Memphis, transferred to Iowa State, transferred back to Memphis because the grass wasn't greener. He was on a team that only won two games and goes back to Memphis, and now he's like, oh, no, I can't can't stay with Memphis anymore. I, I just don't like the way the coach is doing things. Well, why'd you go back, I, I guess? Um, I don't know. And, yeah, it's interesting. And I guess the one other thing about the portal this week that, that happened is I know there was some talk amongst um, like the, the, the co-hosts here of, well, let's go out and target Nigel Pack, right? Well, I thought initially when NIL was proposed, it was players making money off of name, image, and likeness, stuff like I thought it would be stuff like signing autographs, uh, profiting off of the their name being on jersey sales, commercials uh, in the area, commercials in the like localized commercials. Not not going out, signing a eight hundred thousand dollar guaranteed deal that includes your choice of vehicles to drive around for two years in Miami, right? And I. It came out initially, like way back when the NIL started, there was a Miami, I believe, was the first football team where every single player on the team was compensated from a donor fund, which if you're a kid and you love being around football, you want to be a part of a team and you say, man, I could go make I could go on a scholarship for free at Miami and make thirty to forty thousand dollars a year just because of a fund. Well, let's, that's an arbitrary number that I threw out. Uh, seems like a pretty good deal to me. Um, like, why? Why wouldn't you go somewhere else? 
unless you were that driven to make a name for yourself playing the sport that you love. So I don't know if it's watering down like the love for the sport that these kids have. Some some of these kids still have it. There is still a fire and a passion in a lot of these players. Don't get me wrong. But when did it turn into guaranteed $800,000 deals? Like Nigel Pack is making more money than pretty much every single baseball player on a minor league contract. Oh, definitely. have a, That's... That's more than the than the major league minimum salary right now. Yeah, which is insane. I'd be curious how that how does that fall under name, image, and likeness? What part of that is his name, his image, or his likeness that he's getting paid is, for? He's being paid wait, for what, attendance and being on the team, which that that has nothing to do with it. Right? How are the people getting? How are the people paying him benefiting from it, right? This was basically allow them to do ads, right? That's the way it was sold to us, which yeah. is great. They should be able to do that. I have no, absolutely no complaints with that. They should be able to do ads and make money off of it. But that's not, it's quickly that not what it's uh, turned into. Yeah, so. and Iowa State just announced their first donor pack, basically. It's basically a super pack for athletes. So we Iowa State has one now. A little late because we already lost our good player, but good job, I guess. You got to stick with the times. But I don't really like that. I don't really understand it. But this is on the NCAA and this is on the schools. This is not on the kids. I don't think it has anything to do with passion for the sport or wanting to play it. Like if I can go and help my mom pay off like her house or, you know, work with my dad and get him in in a new place. Like, why would you not do that? You never know when you could have a Kevin Ware incident and snap your leg in half. Like, Ugh. get your money. Get your money as soon as possible and as much as possible because this is a finite thing and it could end any day. So if people are so dumb that they're going to pay you a, a bajillion dollars to literally just go to that school, no offense to Kansas State, but I'm going to Miami. Why would you not? Yeah, it's warm there. Unlike it is in Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. so. I'm like, the NCAA needs to get a hold of it and figure out what they're doing because clearly they maneuvered in reaction and panic and they have no idea how to regulate this now and it's not regulated in any way. Yeah. And we'll get it. I I want to be optimistic and say they'll figure it out, but knowing the NCAA, they won't. Like the <laughs> they NCAA are very good at being bad at stuff. Yeah, the NCAA is just not a good organization in general. Um, but maybe for once they'll get something right, I guess. I don't know. Fingers crossed. But it's just not really working the way it is right now. So they'll figure it out. Eventually we'll find a balance. That's my optimistic take. But I think it's going to be at least a couple more years before we get to that point. So, But maybe this will be the end of a problem the NCAA has of ridiculous coaching salaries. Because now the donor money that was going to the athletic departments to pay the coaches might now more be flowing to players. So maybe that'll fix one of the NCAA's problems too. I don't know. That could be a good thing that comes out of this. Well, let's hope something good comes out of it. Because right now it is a mess. Speaking of things that are good, Byron Buxton is good at baseball. Um, he injured himself on Monday. He tweaked his knee sliding into second base somehow. I'm not sure how he managed to do that. This was last Monday, um, the the 18th. But he came back this weekend against the White Sox, and he had himself a series. Uh, he missed the first game, still recovering from his injury. But then the second game of the series, he had four hits and was on base five times. Um, he did strike out in his first three at-bats in game three of the series, but then he hit... Uh, a two-run home run to tie the game in the eighth, and a three-run walk-off home run in the ninth or in the tenth uh, inning of that game. So he was definitely a difference maker for the Twins, um, and he has been over the course of his career since 2019. The Twins um, are 124 and 73 with a plus 233 run differential when Byron Buxton plays. And then 94 and 109 with a minus 97 run differential in games Byron Buxton does not play in. Now, is he directly responsible for all of that difference? Probably not. But that, that's that crazy. is insane, though. That is crazy numbers for a baseball player. 
because obviously you don't play everything like basketball. It's a little bit more specific, but for a baseball player to at least on the surface have those numbers that that's pretty wild. He he is a true X factor, especially in the field. I mean, he is that he is that athlete that you're looking for um, as, you know, your star player. Um, And the Twins got it. And it's just a shame that, you know, you look at those games like 203 games since 2019 that they haven't had him, which is crazy to me to think about. And as Mike said, obviously, it's not all contributed just to him, but the numbers are there. He is a spark. He's fantastic. um, And he's really great for the game of baseball. It's just can they put bubble wrap around that man and keep him healthy? Who knows? And all of those stats, by the way, or all of that information was brought to us by the wonderful uh, Jet, Jeff Passan of MLB Network so and ESPN. Yeah, it, it's amazing what, what he can do. And if he stays healthy, he's going to win the MVP. But that, that's a big if for him staying healthy. Like, like Kyle said, he's always had that problem that he just can't stay healthy. Also, um, fun fact, his children are named blaze and bricks yeah i wikipedia'd him to look up his stats and i thought that was funny blaze jet is a dope name though didn't didn't we just talk about this yesterday or last week looking up mlb stats use baseball reference not wikipedia i just wanted to to see his batting average use baseball Baseball reference reference. okay i'm sorry (laughs) baseball reference Baseball Reference is probably the best website ever invented. And yeah. What about the website I used to get there, which was Google? Okay, fair enough. Second best website ever invented. (laughs) You got me there. You got me. Um, In other AL Central news, though, what what is wrong with the Chicago White Sox? They're now on, I believe it's an eight-game losing streak. Is that correct? Seven or eight games? Um, uh, they've lost seven straight. Yeah. They're two and eight in their last ten. Um, to be fair, I, to be fair, I just I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, like the the pieces just are supposed to be there, but they're just not falling into place. And I mean, look, they're only six and nine, right? Right it's now, too early like, to jump to huge. It's way too early to jump yes. to huge huge conclusions, but. For a team that was projected to run away with this division, um, I I just don't know what I don't know what to say. I don't know what the issue is, but it's just not working. And I mean, they also have a guy that they can't keep healthy either, and Eloy Jimenez, who is supposed to be one of their um, you know game changers and is one of their guys. Well, they paid him before he even made his major league debut. Um, and he just gets hurt all the time. This time he stepped on the base first base wrong while running, running down to first. Um, so I don't know. They, they need to turn something around and the Dallas Keuchel experiment definitely isn't working. Yeah. They remind me a lot of the twins last year, a team with a ton of potential who a lot of people like who gets struck with injuries early in the season gets off to a bad start, and never quite recovers. That's sort of what they're looking like for me. I mean, they lost two very winnable games to the Twins this weekend. The game on Friday with the really, really awful defensive play, and then blowing two late leads um, in the 8th and 10th innings um, on Sunday. Right? It's just some untimely bad mistakes with injuries and everything piling up. I mean... Yeah, they remind me a lot of the Twins um, last year. We'll see if they go down the same trajectory long term, but that's what they remind me of right now. Well, if they need a get-right series, it's they they thankfully get the Kansas City Royals this week. So, uh, I mean, they did just get swept by the Tigers before they got swept by the Twins. Oh, sorry, but the Indians before they got uh, sorry the Guardians. My bad. Boy, it's going to take me a little bit to remember that <laughs> Cleveland is the Guardians now. I apologize. Just yeah, like, that's, uh, why I just, that's why I just stick to calling them Cleveland. Yeah, 
Just like the Commandos, it's going to take me a while to get that, too. The Guardian, take, they I some... like the name The Guardians. Everybody says it's garbage. I'm like, we have the Packers and the 49ers. How is the Guardians any worse, really? People just don't like it because it's new. They'll get over it. it I out. have nothing against the name Guardians. I just have a tough trouble remembering it. They're, I don't hate Their uniforms are actually kind of garbage, though, because their uniforms before were really good. I mean, I don't like that color scheme, that dark maroon with that mustard yellow. Well, they brightened it up, so you maybe you'll like it more. I liked the maroon. Sorry, we got off track from the baseball. I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, yeah. I mean, what other surprises have you guys seen um, from the baseball season so far? I'm, I'm slightly surprised by how good the Mets have been. So that Mets, start, but. that Mets starting rotation is very good. Uh, Max With Scherzer, their best pitcher still injured, by the way. Right. Their best pitcher still injured. Max Scherzer has been um, so far good. I, I mean, that's that's all you can say is he's he's been very good for him for them. Is he worth forty four million dollars a year? I don't I don't know about that necessarily, but the McGill kid uh, who hadn't I don't think he made a start prior to this season and just barely made the opening day roster uh, has been absolutely fantastic for them to start. They're holding it down. Carlos Carrasco all of a sudden looks like he might be returning to form and it, it just seems to be working for a Mets team that uh, everyone had been saying well, the Mets are close. They just need a couple pieces, and you know maybe they found their pieces. And it helps that their highly paid shortstop and prized uh, prized trade piece a couple of years ago, Francisco Lindor, is finally getting a little bit back on track um, after a couple of down seasons as well. Um, I'm also still just surprised that with as many pieces as San Francisco lost, that they're still doing as well as they were last season. To, to this point, I mean, they're keeping pace with the Dodgers so far, and that's really all you can ask for out in that NL West. Yeah, that's fair. I think the NL has been more surprising to me so far than the AL. The AL has gone pretty much as I expected, with maybe the Astros playing a little worse than I thought they would, and the Red Sox playing a little bit worse than I thought they would. But other than that, that, that uh, league has gone pretty much the way I expected the American League. So. Yeah, more of a trend for me, and it's not necessarily a surprise, but just like something that I've noticed. Obviously, with that shortened spring training, we just have not seen a lot of long innings or a lot of long outings from starting pitchers. We have not had a single pitcher pitch a complete game yet. Um, I just looked on MLB.com to see the innings pitch leader is at 25.2 with four games started. That's an average of six, just over six innings per outing. Like, that's our leading inning getter right now there's just not a lot of starting pitchers going deep in games obviously a combination of that short start and it's just been a trend over baseball recently to take them out early and just work with your bullpen and your relievers but i don't know that's kind of a bummer for me i like to see a pitcher work late into the game that's always kind of fun so yeah i agree that twins fans have been complaining a lot their starting rotation has been really good and twins fans have been complaining a lot about why their pitchers haven't been pitching more and the, you know, the beat writers keep pointing out, yes, they haven't pitched much, but also the Twins rotation, starting rotation is top 10 in baseball and in innings right now, right? It's, yes, they haven't been pitching much. They're averaging like five innings a start, but that's like top 10 in baseball at this point. So, yeah, that, we'll I definitely it, agree with that trend. We'll see if it changes at all. Obviously, usually they lengthen up a little bit as time goes on, but... I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see it widen very much. I don't think six innings is that far off of what we'll see for the whole season. Obviously, there will be some people who work far into innings. Adam Wainwright is a guy who's always gone far into games. I think he's the complete games leader right now in MLB. But I think just the trend in general is use all your pitches all the time, basically. I think it'll personally, I think it'll change a lot starting next week. Because, right, remember after this week, rosters go back from 28 players to 26 players. So most teams are going to send one, if not two pitchers back down to the minor leagues um, after this week. So my guess is a lot of teams are trying to ride their bullpen more. Will they have more arms to try to save some pitcher innings for late in the year 
um, well, they have the ability to do that with the expanded rosters. So I think the starters will all magically start to lengthen out starting next week um, when the bullpens get shorter. So, Also, Cincinnati is garbage. What are yeah, they, but we 11 straight games? That. Yeah, not a surprise, but I'm just like, good lord. 11 yeah. straight losses? Come on. <laughs> they won today, though. Oh, good for they them. Mu- they must have. They're, they're, their w- current win streak, according to MLB.com, is win one, so they must have won today. Oh, well, I take that back. Very good team. Good job, everybody. 3-13. and 13. Let me see. Or they won yesterday, because I don't think they played today. I'm trying to find the score now. They must have won yesterday. They didn't play today. Cardinals number one in the NL Central, though. Obviously, they're going to go to the World Series now. Yeah, the Reds beat your Cardinals yesterday, 4-1. to one. Oh, you're right. I knew that. Because I think my pitcher in fantasy took the loss. So Yeah, Adam Wainwright took the loss. Yeah, he did. Not good. You're 2-0 and anyway, so. You know it. I'm going to get wrecked this week. Yeah, you are. You're playing me, so. Um, any other things standing out to people in baseball? Otherwise, Ariana, I'll let you talk about what you're seeing uh, in the play in the NBA playoffs. Anybody? Anybody? Going once? Going twice? All right. I'll just kind of throw it out there. We'll just kind of talk about the series in general, and if somebody wants to pipe in or give a thought on anything they've seen, we're welcome to do that, but we'll kind of knock through it pretty quick because I've taken up a lot of time in the past couple episodes. Um, as of... Now, we started this one a little bit later. The Nets have been swept by the Celtics. The Kyrie, KD, Harden slash Ben Simmons experiment is bad. People are contemplating whether or not Steve Nash is going to get fired, which is ridiculous because all he did was just do whatever the players wanted him to, which is why he got hired. But they are the only team to be swept in the first round. So congratulations to those guys. The amount of talent they have at the top end, uh, it's kind of ridiculous that they got swept. But all the credit in the world to the Celtics. They have been playing amazing. Their defense is incredible. It has been the whole second half of the season. If you get a chance to watch them and you like defense, definitely take a look. Marcus Smart is kind of the ringleader, one defensive player of the year. He's been fantastic ever since he came out of OSU. I didn't expect that much of him coming out, but he's been really good. Uh... Phoenix and the New Orleans Pelicans, that series is tied 2-2 right now. Uh, Their best player, Devin Booker, got injured, is out for, I think they said, at least two weeks. So in a way, I I still expect Phoenix to win this, but them stretching it out, it'll tire out their guys, but it'll give them a little bit more time to maybe get him back. Obviously, you want to win as quickly as possible and hope the other team has a long series, but it's just really unfortunate. The one series that Chris Paul, who is known for getting injured in the postseason, hasn't gotten injured their best player and their star of the team, Devin Booker, does get injured. Chris Ball has been playing like a maniac in the fourth quarter, except for the last game when he played like hot garbage. But watch Chris Paul in the fourth quarter is a tree generally. Definitely get a chance. Take it out. Check it out. How far would they have to go, do you think, Phoenix, for um, them to get Booker back this playoffs? Right? He's not done for the entire playoffs, I don't think. Uh, No, I think he has a hamstring strain. Let me look here. So, a couple weeks, maybe? Yeah, I think I saw two weeks. Okay. For a general time. Yeah, I thought the initial report was two to three weeks, possibly. Yeah, and I mean, Devin Booker is a guy who will play if you will let him. So, it's kind of. Ben Simmons? No, not like Ben Simmons, who. Congrats to Ben Simmons. Because he got paid this year and did not play a single freaking game. I mean, not he one. Didn't, he didn't get paid for any of the time he was in uh, in uh, Philadelphia, though. That is true. They did, they so did dock his got, pay. He only got paid. In fact, he lost money in Philadelphia this year because he didn't get paid and they were fining him. Yes, he so. got put into escrow and they took it. But a really good trade for the Nets. They basically... As far as playing time goes, they traded James Harden for Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. And there were a few picks involved, but not usually a trade you would take. Uh, whenever Ben Simmons comes back, if he comes back, I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he retires and just decides that he wants to date Kardashians or whatever he does in his spare time. Uh, you know, maybe he'll be good then, but he better, if he comes back, you better play gangbusters and he better make some threes because he needs to make that trade worth it right now. Because even though James Harden hasn't looked great, the Sixers are winning that trade just by virtue of they have a guy who knows how to play basketball and seemingly the Nets did not get one of those. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah, I still expect the Suns to win this, but it is definitely unfortunate. You hate to see injuries, especially in the postseason, and especially with a, a team that was expected to contend for the title. But we'll see how the rest of that series goes. Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum are both difficult shot makers, and they've been playing out of their mind to keep their team in it. Uh, if Zion ever come back, that would be exciting too. Uh, he's another guy who hasn't played a single game this year for a myriad of reasons, foot injuries, weighing 300 pounds, you know, whatever. I was going to say, yeah, basically being too fat to play basketball. <laughs> being too fat and then having a foot injury and not being able to do cardio because his foot is injured and then just getting more fat because he's not doing cardio. It's a vicious cycle, like a big onion ring. Um, uh-huh. He's... <laughs> In theory, he'll play at some point. I don't think he has a timetable to return at all. So really no one knows. Uh, the Dallas-Utah series is 2-2 two to two right now. Uh, really, that's an indictment on Utah. Uh, Dallas did not have uh, Luka Doncic for the first two games. And they lost both of those games. Or the first three games. They didn't have him at the beginning of the series. I'm not remembering off the top of my head. But those should have been games that they won easily. Uh, there's been a lot of negative commentary around utah this entire season they should be doing better than they are a lot of it comes from within utah themselves they did win the last game on a buzzer beating not buzzer beating but like 11 seconds left dunk from donovan mitchell to rudy gobert which has been a very often talked about connection that really doesn't happen at all i think there was a stat earlier in the year that donovan mitchell passes to rudy gobert about four times a game not assists rudy gobert four times a game literally passes the ball the starting shooting guard, sometimes nominal point guard, passes to the starting center four times a game, which is ridiculous. But It's a little low. <laughs> it's very low. But they managed to connect on that one to win the game. So 2-2 two to two right now. Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. Big game Tay came out. Monte Morris had a fantastic game. Shot it from the field very well. Uh... The Golden State Warriors, for some reason, decided they didn't want to guard him after he had made like three threes and he made a couple more. Uh, Bones Highland also had a great game. I mean, it's what it's going to take. Golden State is, in my opinion, now that they're healthy and basically everybody's opinion, they're one of the favorites to win the title. And you can't beat Steph, Clay, Dre, and now Jordan Poole with literally just Nikola Jokic. He can't do everything. He does a great job at it, but he's not good enough to beat everybody. It was 3-0. They won one game to avoid the sweep, so their dignity is intact. They will probably lose the next game, but you did what you got to do. Uh, they were outclassed and they're outmanned. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. never came back. If they came back, maybe it'd be a different story, but they're probably going to be out 4-1. to But you do what you got to do. Nikola Jokic is still the MVP of the league, in my opinion, and we'll see when that vote comes out. A very, very interesting series in Memphis and Minnesota. Uh, it is now tied up 2-2. Two to two. Uh, It is very hard to determine who has the upper hand in this series. Seating-wise, it should be Memphis, obviously. Talent-wise, I feel like it's a very... I mean, if I was going to pick the top four players on the teams, it's probably 2-2. Two to two. But that's who, a... Who would, I'm interested. Who do you say those top four players are? Number so ja, one ja is Ja. And, and Ant Edwards, for sure. But who do you say the other two are? Uh, you know, as far as talent goes, I I I would say one, two, three, four is probably Ja, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and if he could stay on the court, Jaron Jackson Jr. for me. Okay. And then there are a ton of guys who are contending for that other spot, but Jaron Jackson Jr. fouls way too much to be on the court enough. He, and he leads the NBA in fouls over he the He does. Last. Yeah. And then Carl Anthony Towns just hasn't played big enough in big moments to me he 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 has some good games and then he has some games that are not good at all I feel like Anthony Edwards going forward will end up being kind of the emotional and at the end of the game literal leader for the team like give me the ball and I will get it done for you he's been impressive in these playoffs so far but a lot more evenly matched than the seating would say to me I'm gonna lean on Memphis just because they've had more success but I, you could coin flip, and I won't argue with you either way for whoever's going to win this series. What, what odds would you have given me at the beginning of the year if I said the Timberwolves would be eliminated after the Nets? Uh, Not really the playoffs, just the beginning of the season. We're, 
at least a triple at least a home yeah. run wouldn't have been out of the question i don't think especially because we didn't know all this uh Kyrie vaccination drama was gonna happen yeah. uh yeah yeah you would have got real good odds on that one but congrats to the minnesota timberwolves for being nominally better than the nets they're still in it uh but yeah if you had to watch one series in the first round, that's the one I would pick for you to watch. Memphis, Minnesota. It's fun. These teams are talking crap all over each other. They don't care if none of them have really won anything recently. They're just <laughs> in it. They're having fun. They only care about the guy in front of them. And it's it's fun basketball to watch. T. Higgins and I don't remember his name, but Carl Anthony's dad. They literally were just sitting next to each other at the last game. Uh, seemingly just talking trash to each other the whole time. And you gotta love that. I, just fun rivalry with two guys and their dads. Friendly with each other, but obviously a lot of competitive fire there. Uh, Miami-Atlanta. That series is pretty much over. Uh, it is Miami is up 3-1. Atlanta did steal a game, but Miami is just overall a much better team. They've shut uh, Trey Young down a couple times. That, I, I do that series, I believe it's... Oh, no, never mind. Sorry, it's the uh, Toronto series that just went 3-2. The Philly-Toronto Oh, yep, that is series. final now. Yeah. yeah, that game just went final. The Philly-Toronto series is from 3-1 to 3-2. Uh, Joel Embiid has been taking a bunch of three free throws. He only took nine free throws in the game before this one that just finished tonight. And he then proceeded to complain that the refs were... They did a great job and accomplished what they wanted to do tonight, I think is what he said. He immediately got fined for that, for implying that the refs fixed the game. Uh, but good for him. I don't know how many free throws he took tonight, but I'm sure it wasn't enough because they lost 103 to 88. Uh, Joel Embiid only had six free throws tonight, so you know he's going to say something sassy in the post game. I mean, he's also hurt, right? He does have a torn ligament in his thumb. So he's playing through that. But Ben Simmons' back kind of hurts, so he's not going to play. Um, that is a series that I ultimately expect Philadelphia to win, but we'll see what happens. And then our last series we have to go over, I also don't have a ton to say, kind of like the Miami-Atlanta series. Milwaukee-Chicago is 3-1. to one. Milwaukee should win that, um, unfortunately, similar to the Suns. Probably the two people I'd pick most other than Golden State to be in the finals is Milwaukee and Phoenix, a repeat of last year. Uh, arguably their second player, second or third, depending on how much you like Drew Holiday this year, who did have a good season. Uh, Chris Middleton went down as well. I can't remember what his injury was off the top of my head, but he's out for the immediate future as well. I expect Milwaukee to still be able to take care of Chicago. They have not played well against top teams in the East. And Milwaukee is a fantastic defensive team. But that is everything we're looking at right now. The only series that has ended so far is the Nets and Celtics series, with the Celtics moving on to the second round. Uh, does anybody have any questions or just observations from the series so far? I have, I have two complaints about the NBA playoffs. Yes, sir. Complaint number one, can we not have games that are played in the Central and Eastern time zone that start at 9 Central, 10 Eastern. Like, can the NBA just figure that out to not start these Timberwolves games so friggin' late at night that normal people can't watch them? Like, that game started at – that game four started at 10 p.m. Memphis time. Like, that's you, that's just stupid. Um, point two, why in the NBA do we need two days off to travel from Minneapolis to Memphis and vice versa? Like, let's play basketball. Come on. Your playoffs are already long enough with four seven-game series, four rounds of seven-game series. You don't need two days off to travel. That is purely for TV purposes. I feel confident in that. I also have been, I don't know if I've been on record here, but I said it to many people, we should reduce the first round of five-game series. We don't need seven-game series. It's unnecessary. My complaint about the NBA playoffs so far is why are we putting playoff games, elimination games potentially, in this Toronto and Philadelphia game is on NBA TV. I don't have NBA TV. Put it on something I can get. I can't watch half of the games. There's a game every night that's on NBA TV, and that makes me so mad. (laughs) 
I didn't know NBA TV was a thing until a week and a half ago when the playoffs started. It's ridiculous. So. It doesn't need to exist. Put it on ESPN. Put it on TNT. Put it on over-the-air TV. I don't care, but it does not need to be on a subscription-only channel. Yeah, put it on the CW. The Twins played on the CW the other day. I'll take it. Anything I can get. It can get bookended by The Flash or whatever is on there anymore. (laughs) That's all I got. Those are the two points I wanted to make. That's about all. Anything, Kyle? Wyatt? No, nothing really to add here. Um except for the fact that like I was I was pretty I don't know bummed I guess when I found out the Devin Booker news um normally you think that's Chris Paul to get hurt right whenever right whenever he's needed but Devin Booker going down this time really really sucks for Phoenix and um for a team that played so well during the regular season uh to have him get hurt at this point in time is uh really unfortunate just for the whole whole postseason in general, like the playoffs in general. So, yeah, and Devin Booker is a really fun player to watch. He's basically pseudo baby Kobe. He does a lot of that ISO stuff, mid range fadeaways. I was lucky enough to see him in person when I took a trip to Memphis recently. Really fun to watch. So it's a bummer that we will be without him for however long until he comes back. But fingers crossed, the Suns can make it until then, and they can be at full strength because that's all you can really ask for in the postseason is everybody gets their fair shot. Yeah. That's true. Well, we're talking about uh, fair shots in the playoffs. Mike Stupid Rules this week, we're going to talk about the NHL playoff format and why I hate it, because I don't think it gives everybody a fair shot in the playoffs. So the NHL, like the NBA, has eight teams in the playoffs and does four rounds of best of seven series. So if they were to do that, how would you guys configure a bracket? a playoffs like that i guess just like any bracket <laughs> wait the one seed plays the eight seed and the seven yeah yeah like that, the that'll be my pick yeah yes. well that is absolutely not what the nhl does because that would make too much sense so in the nhl um they have divisions so each conference has two divisions um two uh two um eight team divisions in each conference so the way the uh, NHL does it is the top three teams in each division make the playoffs, and then the next two highest scoring teams um, are the wild card teams. So then the top team in one division plays the uh, worst wild card, the top team in the next division plays the second wild card, and then the remaining two teams in each division play each other, regardless of how many points they have. So, yes. And then in the second round, you, um, right, the winners of each of those division matchups play the winner of the game that involved the top team in their division, regardless of how many points they have. So, essentially, what we've got this year, for example, is right now the top three teams in the Western Conference are all in the same division. Right now, Colorado, Minnesota, and St. Louis are the top three teams in the um, NHL Western Conference. And Minnesota and St. Louis are going to play in the first round of the playoffs, and the winner is going to play Colorado, um, regardless if they – or presuming Colorado wins. So essentially, two of the top three teams um, in the West are guaranteed mathematically not to make the Western Conference Finals just because of the way they do their playoff format. Um, I think it's really dumb. Essentially, the one of the top six teams in the league is going to end up being on the road or not having home ice advantage for their playoff series because of the way they do this, because they'll be the three seed in their division. Is there a lot of complaints about this? I know in the NBA, they complain and whine about like reseeding and stuff like that all the time. That's the popular sentiment. Is there a, a a reasonable outcry to change this to like, I don't know, any normal seating. Yeah. So they, they went to this uh, probably four or five years ago now because they wanted to enhance division rivalries. Hmm. That um, seems like a regular season thing. Yes. Uh, and no, nobody likes it. Um, yeah. Nobody, nobody likes it. No fans like it. I mean, you don't hear players really speaking out against these things because that's not just, 
I mean, usually players just don't do that in general because it either look in the regular season, it looks like they're not focusing on what's ahead of them. And after they lose, it looks like they're whiners and sore losers. Um, so players don't really talk about it. But yeah, no, no fans really like this. I don't like it. I think it's really dumb. Yeah, but, obviously, I'm showing my ignorance a little bit by having no idea that that's how they do it. Also, when I was looking at the standings, I just remembered the Seattle Kraken were a thing and they did not have a good season. So far no. for those guys, not the Golden Knights. Which is good. Expansion teams deserve to suffer. Sorry. I'm a, You're not uh, a real fan base unless your team is bad, right? It's got to like, be bad. Vegas is likely to miss the playoffs this year, and it'll be the first time they've missed the playoffs in their existence. That's good for them. They need to understand. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. And they're not eliminated yet. They still could catch Dallas and Nashville. It's just not very likely with only three games left. The NHL playoffs start next week, by the way. Um, regular season wraps up um, this weekend. So keep an eye on that um, next week. The NHL playoffs will happen. So any questions about the NHL playoff format before we move on to our predictions? We're good. All right. Um, very short accountability session this week in our write that down prediction segment. Um, the only person we have to hold accountable this week is Arian. He predicted last week that the Timberwolves would get gentlemen's swept. Um, as mentioned earlier, that season is tied at two, so a gentleman's sweep is no longer possible. So Arian gets a nah. Nah, nah, nah. Missed it by one point. Well, two points, maybe. technically. It depends how these next two games turn. Next game turns out, too. That's true. That's true. They could definitely take them. Yeah, they could. I don't think it. I, Memphis is certainly favored, and they should be, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Wolves won. And then just a reminder before we go into our predictions the write that down season ends at the end of May. So we have just over a month left. Um, in our write that down prediction season. So at the end of May, we will go over um, the end of season standings. So keep an eye out for that coming up soon. Um, for my prediction this week, I'm uh, you, you heard us talk about it a little during the MLB segment. Um, Arian and I are both off to good starts in fantasy baseball. We are both 2-0 and and we're squaring off for the first time um, this week. So I am predicting that... Um, Arian and I will play each other in the fantasy baseball championship game this year. That would require me to win one game in the postseason, which seems highly unlikely. (laughs) That is impossible. (laughs) (laughs) I am very good at losing immediately in the playoffs, no matter how good my team is. Uh, I could see me getting, well, so you would have to have either the two or the three, and I'd have to have the one and the four or vice versa. Correct. They're just there's. Yeah. And then there's also 20 weeks 20 in weeks. the fantasy baseball season. Yes, and uh, we're through two of them. And we're both 2-0 I mean, and because we're really good and smart, and it's not luck-based at all. Answer me this. How is this not a home run? It is a home run. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm fine oh. with that. All right. Anything that involves any fantasy postseason luck for Arian is a home run. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? Yep, he's been keeping an eye on that Bucks playoff run, hoping they go for another championship. He's predicting that Giannis will score at least 35 points um, in Game 5 against the Bulls whenever that game's played because they travel for so many days. Uh, Giannis has scored 27, 33, 18, and 32 in the games against the Bulls so far. So he has yet to get to 35? He has yet to get to 35. And in the regular season, he averaged 29.9 points. Okay, so this is what? double? I'll, I'll sort of defer to you, but I'm thinking double-triple? Put me double, triple? Double-triple for sure. I'm not. I'm sitting in the middle of double and triple. I, I'm not sure. Feels like it could be either. I don't know that he Same. needs to score 35. <laughs> I don't think he does either. He hasn't had to I, before. I triple then. Triple probably sounds good to me. Triple sounds good to me. I'm gonna go ahead and write down that the Chicago Cubs will be at or above 500 at the end of May. So this will still stay on our current season of write that down predictions. They are at seven and nine currently. So they're remaining. So not schedule. that hard. 
Yeah, let me find that remaining schedule. Team by team schedule. Chicago Cubs. So for the rest of the month of April, they have um also they won twenty one to nothing on Saturday. I just want to say oh that. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, not noticed yeah they, it was a it was a football score. Wyatt, is that an MLB score, Gami? Can you did, did I you, actually did you don't know? Up? I don't I, think I it is because been... we probably would have heard about it, but let me check while you research uh, yeah. what the rest of the Cubs schedule is. Anyway, so they play at the Braves, at the Brewers, um, the White Sox at home for two, um, Dodgers at home, at the Padres, at the Diamondbacks, Pirates at home, D-backs at home for four, at the Reds for four, um, at the White Sox for two, and then they end the month with three against the Brewers. That seems feasible. That seems like a 500 type schedule. I would agree. All they have to do is win so many, two games over 500. Yeah, yeah so red, many games. Reds are bad. Like, Diamondbacks are yeah, bad. Pirates really are bad. Pirates are bad. White Sox the White are Sox struggling. may or may not be bad. Yeah. Division double? rivals. Never sure for sure. I would say double. Seems fair. Why do you complain about a double? I would not complain about a double. I will certainly take that. Uh, double it is for Wyatt. In my minimal research, it looks like one other game has wound up at 21-0, and zero, but I can't seem to find out what it is. Uh, the, the closest shutout score that has not been scored yet is 23-0. to zero. So they're two runs short. Two runs short of a scoregami. Okay. What do you got, Kyle? Yeah, so let's, let's head on over to F1 here with this prediction. And I'm going to say that George Russell, the current driver number two for Mercedes, uh, will finish ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the Drivers' Championship this season. Uh, so for for our hosts and our listeners right now, George Russell currently sits in fourth place. Lewis Hamilton sits in seventh with 21 points separating them. Now they are four races into the season so far with a total of 22 races before um, the end of the season. So 18, 18 more races to go. Or sorry, 17 more races to go. So Lewis Hamilton is, I don't know if you guys know who he is or not, but if you don't, you could compare him to like, I don't know. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Yeah. He's, he's very good. Um, I I mean, you have, so so you usually have one or two really, really good drivers throughout a a decade or so. I think like Michael Schumacher. um, Who is that great Williams driver? Senna. Yeah. I don't think he was Williams, but Senna would be another. Uh, well, Senna, uh, and then there was there was another good driver for Williams for quite a while too. So, yeah. So I this is highly unlikely. Um, to me, this would only happen if the Mercedes car is still so unreliable that Lewis can't finish a race. Uh, he is definitely the better driver between these two. And I, I love George Russell. Don't get me wrong, but he's just not as good behind the wheels. Hamilton. I would say and, this is what a triple. And with seven, yeah, I would say with seventeen races left. I mean, if you have one DNF and Lewis Hamilton finishes in a podium, you've pretty much made up that gap in like points. Oh yeah, just easy. I'm not concerned about the the current standings gap. I I would put this as a solid triple. I will trust your judgment. Yeah, I agree. Whatever Wyatt said, I'm not arguing. So there we go. What do you got, Aaron? All right, my prediction, very non-specifically, is that there will be one sweep. There will be at least one sweep in the second round of the NBA playoffs. At least one. Yes. So just to pull up some stats here, I do have the statistics. Since 2000, there have been 41, or excuse me, 14 sweeps in the second round. So approximately 0.6 a year, 6-6. And then uh, completely since 1947, there have been 56 sweeps in 270 series, which puts that at about 20%. So a little bit more weighted towards the beginning. There was a year near the beginning where there were five sweeps in the second round in 1950, which is pretty crazy, a little bit less likely uh, going forward, but still not super, super rare. About two thirds of a sweep a year, basically. I would say this is probably a double then. That seems about That's right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, 
glancing with the matchups will probably be. They seem like they'll probably be fairly competitive. So, yeah, double seems reasonable. I could see the winner of uh, Timberwolves-Memphis getting swept by Golden State pretty easy. It'll be really interesting going forward if they stay healthy, how much trouble they really have. Yeah. With two doubles, two triples, and a home run, that concludes our Write That Down prediction. That concludes our Write That Down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 173 of the 8311 Cast. Appreciate y'all sticking around. Make sure you check out our Instagram and Twitter at 8311Cast to keep up to date in between our weekly episodes. Until next week, signing out for the 8311 Cast, we have your hosts, Mike Ariane Barry, and Wyatt Teeter. Talk to y'all again next week. Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones!